Well, news flash. This ain't your great 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 granddaddy Chopin. This is this is a new one right now. Welcome to season six where we're phoning it in. You don't think critically and then put a pop tart into your body. I am highly caffeinated and minorly concussed. Aruga, aruga. What came first, the love sack or the gravity gun? It's my turn to do a sin with Sonic. This is for the freaks. <laughs> Too much piss. That's the kind of bad decisions sleepy ass bat. How much shrimp can you fit in your mortal body? You told me you guys would be cool. That's season six intro material right there. Hello and welcome to Debate This, the show where no one is right, but someone is definitely wrong. In this show, we take time out of our busy adult lives to talk about comic books, video games, and how the writers and the actors are correct. The strike yeah, no is joke, correct. <laughs> there is no joke. I need yeah. to be clear. We are a pro-union podcast, mm -hmm. and my love and need for Marvel content will not distract me from the fact that the writers and the actors are correct. I did see a fun thing that was on Twitter called Hot Strike Summer, which I really do like. <laughs> That's I like very that. good. Yeah. You guys want to hear a fun fact? The last time the Writers Guild and the Screen Actors Guild both were on strike at the same time, guess who was president of the Screen Actors Guild? It was Ronald Reagan. Ronald Reagan. Reagan. President yeah. Ronald Reagan. Yeah. So by law of what we're dealing with, Fran Drescher will one day be the president yes. of the United States. Mm -hmm. yes. Oh, that sucks. No, that rules. <laughs> I think that kind of rules, right. actually. I like Fran Drescher. She'd be better than Ronald Reagan. Definitely better and different. Well, part of that, though, is she will have to do like a party swap and mm. inevitably yeah. not be someone we like, but... Okay. Yeah, that was more no, what I sucks. was going for. That's I right. thought you were going to say the last time that this was happening was how we got X-Men Origins Wolverine, which is we're currently filming another Wolverine-based movie with Ryan Reynolds and Hugh Jackman. This all sucks in the same way that I'm reading in the next couple paragraphs that we're going to hear Matt say also sucks. <laughs> hey, speaking of the next couple paragraphs, <laughs> right. look, guys, I have to admit something to you. I'm tired. I'm tired of being forced to play the same three games on repeat until the inevitable heat death of the universe. You don't have to do that. Nintendo yeah, has come to Matt's house and is holding <laughs> holding Maddie hostage. And if he does not yeah. play these games, they will kill her. <laughs> don't have to do this. As much as I love sacrificing my sanity to grind Overwatch 2 amidst the most problematic Cassidy patch we've ever seen... I'm tired. None of those words are in the Bible, Matt. <laughs> as much as I love wasting away hours on Day D Tower Rush, my favorite dinosaur-themed web-based tower defense game, I'm tired. And as much as I love hauling out a CRT TV to fire up my N64 for a rousing race of Hydro Thunder, I'm just so fucking exhausted. Do you ever like look at somebody that you've known for a long time and you're like, I don't understand you at all. <laughs> <laughs> How often do you haul out a CRT TV to play Hydro Thunder? It's got to be more than once. Why don't you just leave that TV out? I was going to say, I only have to do it once and then it just stays out. Yeah. <laughs> well, this exhaustion has led me to the only logical conclusion. There just simply aren't enough games in 2023 made for me. A straight white man. Yeah, that's true. 
AAA developers have spent so much time writing conversation trees, too much time designing the user interfaces of complex menus, and too much time equating successful game mechanics to a relationship meter. I don't know how much time goes into those interfaces of complex <laughs> menus. Uh, I think Not they just enough, come to actually. be. Yeah. Get them. <laughs> Big video games seems to have forgotten me. A simple Westerner who cares not for the Jays RPG, but for the simplicity of hopping from platform to platform on barely discernible pixels. And that's why today I've invited three of the most innovative and creative game developers here to explain to me how we can turn a JRPG game into an Americanized mega hit. This has weird uh, tradcore vibes, Matt, and I don't. I don't like it. <laughs> I'm also furious because I don't know how many times I've told you to play Celeste. Just go play Celeste, dude. <laughs> Please allow me to welcome Todd Acclaim Entertainment Thomas, Kyle Pandemic Studios Harper, and Andrew Telltale Games Henderson, who have That's agreed hurts. to dissect some of the most intricate games ever created to create a baby game for babies. Are these the studios that have made the games you love? No, these are defunct studios. Yeah, they're just three uh, defunct studios. They yeah. could be both, Andrew. Yeah, Thank both, you. both, both, and neither. There are a couple of acclaimed games that I like. Um, I didn't. I don't really tell jam. for Telltale mm-hmm. games. A quick aside, listener. Hopefully, I parodied the intro enough to make it clear that this is a big old bit, and that I'm not an asshole who hates every game. I just have. <laughs> preferences so it's weird that you had to say that out loud i know it sucks anyway back to the bit let's get right into it here what jrpg or you know crunchy jrpg adjacent game i'm not picky are you going to be remastering and what style of game will it be just to be clear matt we're we're taking a not matt game and making it a matt game that's what we're doing today. That's right? the goal. Yep. That's, that's what we did. Okay. That's what we're here for. I, Good. I think we can explain it simply as make a crunchy game a baby game, but okay. you know, whatever. <laughs> Todd, go ahead. Yeah, Matt, I've talked about this before and I'm going to talk about it again. There is a JRPG called Eternal Sonata. <laughs> and I got to tell you, Matt, <laughs> it's got all the things you would hate. It's got a flimsy story locked squarely in a dream sequence. That's the whole thing. You're, you're stuck in a dream That's it. the whole it's time. Just, it's just a dream sequence. Uh, the whole dream sequence. <laughs> um, it has turn-based combat. It's got an intricate squad equipment and leveling system. It's got a structure where you can only have three active party members, but you've got a full roster of 12 that you can choose from. <laughs> Matt looks like a toddler when you've put broccoli in front of their face. <laughs> oh, oh, I'm not done yet. It's got 12 that you choose from. Which means you're constantly swapping them out, which like wouldn't be a problem. But the party members you don't have in battle level slower, which means oh, man, if you want to keep them level, you got to yell. It's so bad. <laughs> it means if you want to keep them all level, you have to like swap them in and out. And you have to grind with them more. And sometimes party members leave for plot reasons. So you're suddenly stuck with an underleveled party member that has to go with <sighs> you. Oh, it's so bad. The only redeeming quality of this game is that it's got like a multiplayer ish feature where like you can have two other people play alongside of you just during the fight scenes though which is unhelpful and the central theme focuses on music which is a pretty interesting thing for them to do but matt those last two aspects aside you would hate 
this game. You would hate it. You have certainly nailed the first part of this prompt. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. So to fix it, <laughs> this is not a Matt approved game. No, no. Got it. Cleared that bar. So to fix it, what I'm going to do with Eternal Sonata is I'm going to just repackage it, tear it apart, build it back up and turn it into this action packed, loosely team based epic with what is most important an endless pick up and play and set back down enjoyability. Matt, I'm also giving it a title that would make it stick out on the top of the $5 bargain bin games that you would buy. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Instead of it being the Eternal Sonata, it's now going to be the Ballad colon Immortus. And this is a game for you, Matt. This is a Matt game for Matt that I'm going to tell you all about today. The Ballad Immortus. That's a pretty sick name, actually, Todd. It's kind That's of really good. Yeah, it's, it's a really pretty good. dope name. Yeah. Yeah. Okay, all right, so part one, you've introduced me to a game of which I do not approve. You nailed it there. Part yeah. two, to just to ask the question, so an action-packed, squad-based mm -hmm. epic adventure, yeah. the mm -hmm. first thing that kind of comes to mind is like maybe the original Marvel Ultimate Alliance. Am I in the right direction? I'm going to say like 10% yes, 90% no. And that 90% <laughs> no is the 90% no is the swapping of characters, the menuing and the grinding. Those things don't exist here. The 10% yes is the good stuff of, multi, of Ultimate <laughs> so Alliance. So it's, it's Diablo. It's one of the Diablos. Again, I cannot stress enough how little menuing and leveling up <laughs> there is necessary, but also yes. I think the answer is Gauntlet. Actually, I, yeah, I think that we're describing Gauntlet. like you can you can play it on an arcade cabinet is what yes. you're saying. It, this is going to have big gauntlet energy. If there was like one centralized main character and then the other three could also be part of it. But yes, I would say this is a gauntlet like. OK, all right. I'm into it. Let's go ahead and move on. Kyle, tell me about the not Matt game you've brought here today and how you're going to turn it into a game for me. Yeah, Matt. So uh, Golden Sun is a Game Boy Advance game, and it tells the story of a group of plucky teens who all wield the mysterious power of synergy tasked with <laughs> preventing... sucks. real bad. All tasked with preventing the release of alchemy back into the world, which they can achieve by stopping the villains from using one of the four elemental stars to light the four elemental lighthouses. It is a turn-based combat RPG. You use magic in the overworld to solve puzzles. There is menuing abound, and the story is pretty generic for the first part of the game. <laughs> it is important to note, one, you do use synergy in combat and in the overworld to uh, manipulate objects and solve puzzles. We will cover that more later. The Oh, I did forget a key part of this game. Along their journey, these plucky teens, adepts, as they are called in-game, can meet and recruit small magical creatures called jinn. And I'm going to drop a picture of the jinn in here because it's very key to understanding this game. You collect these jinn, you use them in combat, and they help unlock other powers, more powerful attacks. If you think of this game as a mashup of Final Fantasy and Pokemon, early Final Fantasy and Pokemon, you're not terribly far off. With all of that, Synergy, the Jin, Alchemy, these four elemental stars you use to light the four elemental lighthouse, each of the adepts, etc., 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 everything in the game, 
are all aligned with one of four planets and thusly one of four elements from which they all derive their power. Uh, Venus grants the power of Earth. Don't ask me why. Uh, <laughs> I did not write this game. Mars is aligned with fire. Jupiter. It's lowercase e, Earth. Yeah. Not capital yeah, E. Yeah, like rock. Yeah, yeah like gotcha. rock. Uh, Mars gotcha. is aligned with fire. Jupiter is aligned with wind. And Mercury is aligned with water. But there are two things that make magic unique in this game. It is first, like I said earlier, that synergy is frequently used in the overworld to solve puzzles, clear paths, find loot. Similar to HMs in Pokemon, there are magical moves that are both attacks and like have an overworld effect. But also there are just magic overworld effects that you need to unlock as well to progress through the game. (laughs) Its nose is so turned up. (laughs) And second, where this gets really fun is that by channeling the powers of these Jin in different combinations, you can change the class of your characters and the type of magic and adept can perform. Um, This is another way to unlock and rotate through some of these overworld magic effects. Kyle, I tuned out minutes ago when I Googled (laughs) Venus. I'm sorry. (laughs) Excellent. Why did you need to Google Venus? I, my silly human brain, thought a simple Google search can probably tell me why they equated Venus to Earth. It did not. Nah. I think it's like purely on colors alone. Because I I I, I too got caught up with it. Because like Venus doesn't have a surface. It's just air. It's like, why isn't it wind? And Mercury is the hottest, like the closest to the sun. Why wouldn't Venus is a rocky planet. Yeah. Oh, I guess I'm thinking of, never mind. You're thinking of Jupiter. Jupiter. I too am an idiot, I guess. Move on, please. (laughs) Similar to how Evangelion has like pseudo-Christian imagery. This is like pseudo-astrology imagery. Like, I don't think it's based at all in actual astrology Mm -hmm. but it's it's there so matt i'm gonna take all of these really grindy meticulous rpg elements that you hate and map them onto a team-based multiplayer online first person shooter combat game a la overwatch (laughs) apex legend or valorant hey i was out but you brought me back (laughs) i got him i got him i'm here i love it i'm excited honestly these little jinn are real cute i like all four of these little jinn um, yeah. That's the best part of the game that you brought to me, which, again, not Matt approved. Good deal. The new game, which will be called Golden Sun Champions, I guess, <laughs> will heavily feature the, the Jin Matt. So there you go. God, that's really funny. The, the effort that you put into Golden Sun Champions, I guess, was like the same effort that <laughs> Blizzard has put into, we'll call it Overwatch Invasion. It's yeah, just, yeah. yeah it's throwing words at the end of that. All right, great. You learn from the best, right? You sure do. Yeah, real free-to-play energy there. Mm-hmm. Andrew, on to you. Yeah. Tell me about your not Matt-approved game. Matt, I see you there. I see you there in your high chair. You're turning, you're turning <laughs> your nose up left and right, but allow me to bring you the same food, but in a spoon that looks like an airplane. <laughs> bring me my so. chicky tendies and mac and cheese. <laughs> Here's some dino nuggets, Matt. Matt, the game that I've brought you today takes place five years after the end of the world. You play as a nameless wanderer, setting out to make a name for yourself in this new post-apocalyptic land. Now, you're going to do some odd jobs here and there. Eventually, you're going to climb up the ladder with one of the several factions all vying for power in this kind of new environment. 
you'll eventually learn that the events of the apocalypse have led to many of the denizens of this world to become radicalized by religion, as we are all want to do in the face of adversity. Hey, whom's among us, man? Whom's among us? Um, now, fortunately, you will learn that you alone have the power to punch gods and free people from being the thralls of their own radical religious design. So basically, you can punch religion in the face, Matt. All right. Right? Ultimately, you're going to come face to face with a death cult attempting to resurrect their version of cosmic horror Cthulhu. With me so far? Yeah, man. I'm still in. Cool. So, Matt, how are you going to liberate this world, you may ask? Is it through a series of complicated stats and flashy skill animations? No, sir. This time, my friend, you're going to be punching God with the power of friendship from the comfort of your very own go-kart. <laughs> Hell yeah, dude, I'm in. Let's go. Let me race God. Coming this November, the critically acclaimed, massively multiplayer online kart racer, Final Fantasy XIV, A Race Reborn. <laughs> <laughs> I love it. I love it so much. This has the biggest crash team racing energy. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Specifically crash team racing. It's, I will cite that later in my notes. Oh, good. Point of order, Andrew. Are all the carts chocobos? Is this a chocobo racing game? No, that exists. There's already been a chocobo <laughs> that's, racing that's, game, Kyle. There's like seven of them. This is just a straight up Final Fantasy XIV kart racer. Great. Oh, man, this rips. I'm so happy about this. Okay, cool. Well, we've talked about it on the show before. Critically acclaimed MMORPG Final Fantasy 14, which you can play for free up to level 60, including mm -hmm. the Heaven's Word or whatever. Not a Matt-approved really game. Thank Heaven's you. Wheel. Heaven's uh, Wheel. Heaven's, Heaven's, Heaven's Wheel. <laughs> that's good. Shit, that's, that's good. really good, too. All right. Uh, not a Matt-approved game. Kart Racer, definitely Matt approved. I'm into it. I am into all of the things that you guys have pitched me so far, with, of course, the exception of your original game. So I've never played a JRPG, but I know that one of the big draws of this genre is the rich and complex narrative that players can skip through by mashing A. You have games like Persona 5, where players control a high schooler tasked with saving the world. Or games like Final Fantasy Type-0, where players control a high schooler tasked with saving the world. Everyone's favorite Final <laughs> Fantasy game, Type-0. <laughs> and how... First off, Andrew, let me finish yeah. my joke. You want to get in the Second off, this one, Andrew? How am yeah, I to true. know? How am I to know which Final Fantasies people Dude, know? You can use Final Fantasy VIII. That's also high schoolers tasked with saving the world. Oh, and that's the only one? That's the only one? <laughs> it's just the, the, those two entries. Specifically yeah, really, high schoolers. <laughs> and how could I forget the recent addition to the DT exclamation point lexicon, Fire Emblem Three Houses, a game where players control a group of high schoolers tasked with saving the world. So how will your remaster tell the story of the original game? Will it have cutscenes? Will it have dialogue? What are you doing? And will you be making any changes to the story beats to appeal to your new target audience? Todd, we'll start with you. I feel like painting pictures of teenagers saving the world from God or whatever it is in JRPGs is the same as saying how many protagonists are wearing more than one belt. Yeah, um, it's just <laughs> it's just a lot. Yeah. Comes with I have to say, I read a couple of listicles about JRPGs where high schoolers save the world, and there are less mm -hmm. of them than I thought. 
Just straight yeah, up. There's more I'll, than I'll there admit to be. my own joke. I mean, there. it like high school is not the common thread. Plucky teens, I think, is the plucky right. teens. The high schoolers thing. That's more of an anime trope. Yeah, than it is just yeah. like a straight up RPG trope. But yeah, but there's anyway. there's a Venn diagram there for sure. Yeah, Todd, tell me about your musical blood war or whatever. Yeah, perfect. Great way to describe <laughs> it. To answer your question right off the back, we will be changing the story. I do want to make that clear because. The original Eternal Sonata follows the story of 1800s uh, Polish composer Friedrich Chopin as he gallivants <laughs> through his fever-induced dreams as part of a convoluted story while collecting party members that mostly consist of teenagers, weirdly enough. Did I mention that he's in his, like, 30s or so while this game is happening? Anyway, half of his companions are below the age of 14. That's fine. And also, <laughs> all of those companions have names like Bass polka salsa it sucks one of those things is not like the other well it's a lot of music stuff i constantly cannot believe that this game exists <laughs> Dude, i tell you what if you if somebody would have sold me like hey i have a video game where you get to play the fever dreams of chopin i'd be like dude yeah. i'm in and then you show me <laughs> eternal sonata yeah yeah come on yeah, uh, this is one of those things that, like, if we get X number of subscribers in a month, like, we would play this on live stream just because sure. it's so bad. Mm -hmm. Again, like, those are the names of the companions. The places they end up visiting are places, places like Xylophone Tower and the Noise Dunes. And ironically, the coolest one, Mount Rock. Seems kind of lazy, but, like, a good one. <laughs> and this whole game is just, like, in the end, you, you do all these dream battles against Chopin himself, and then he wakes up and he writes new music, and that's the end of it, I guess. So the story's bad. The story's so bad that we're just going to change it. We are still using Friedrich Chopin in the 1800s dream sequence, but he's not going to do like a spiral through classical music. Instead, it's going to expose him a la the ghosts of Christmas future, only he's going to have a much smaller support team of NPCs as well, but he's going to go to all these different music genres and personalities that will largely be influential to the centuries to come, but he doesn't know that yet. So, like, no more meeting Count Waltz of Forte or dealing with Prince Crescendo of Baroque. Like, that's shit. We're not doing that anymore. <laughs> Instead, your first mission comes from Stevie Nicks. Um, it comes from Stevie Nicks because you're meeting her at a bar named Rumors. And... Yeah, Amazing. which is all good. That's Amazing. really good. Yeah. And as she sends you on her way or on your way, she gives you your first weapon that you get to use. And it is just a chain and it is called the chain. And that's your mm. weapon because you got it from Stevie Kay. Nicks. You see what we're doing here. Is it the only indestructible we uh, weapon in the game? <laughs> You'll never break. You can never yeah. break the chain. Mm -hmm. You can never good. break it. Good. Is your game just Friedrich Chopin time cop? <laughs> Uh, yes and no. Um, okay. Mostly I'm saying yes because I would change the name that I've proposed today to Friedrich Chopin Time Cop if I could go back and answer question one again. I think it's just Brutal Legend 2. It's not not Brutal Legend 2. It's not not that. Anyway, let me continue. Stevie Nicks, of course, tells you that you're going to need the blessings of the all-father of rock and roll. And so before you know it, you are having a meeting with the one and only Chuck Berry. Now, Chuck Berry, he is going to give you his blessings and a sick ass guitar, but only after you help him defeat the giant that is attacking his land. One Mr. Johnny B. And then you get to keep his good guitar. 
So that is a different <laughs> weapon you can play with. Now, I, you talked about like drawn out cutscenes and shit like that. Like we're not doing that here. However, later in the game, you will find yourself in one of the only drawn out sequences of the whole game. You and your crew are going to find yourself at a very nice little home in Alabama to rescue one Mr. Bird. Now, what starts as an unassuming stakeout turns into a full-fledged fight-your-way-out situation because for nine minutes and eight seconds in an extended action sequence, it's going to play out where your group, along with the entire 1970s lineup of Leonard Skinnerd, have to blast your way out of a trap while Freebird plays in the background. That's the only extended part of this game that you can't walk away from is the nine minutes and eight seconds of that. Also... I had said how the original game is like a dream sequence where you fight Chopin in the end, yada, yada. This ending is not going to be you fighting your way out of a dream sequence. In fact, we're going to find out that Chopin has been tripping on hard drugs the whole time, and the ending is you just fighting off a bad trip. The resolution (laughs) of this, of course, being that the world will be forever changed because Chopin now has the knowledge of an entirely unknown spectrum of music that was to come in the 200 years after him. So, like... It's almost going to be this weird back to the future moment in the end. But as a society, we'll sacrifice things like getting the waltz and D flat major opus 64 number one. <laughs> but canonically, we're going to get an insane version of Hotel California's guitar solo like 150 years early at the resolution of this game because of what we've decided to do in turning Eternal Sonata into whatever I called it, the Ballad Immortus. This is like, uh, <laughs> like Brutal Legend and... Bill and Ted's Excellent Adventure. Yeah, like it's not it not. Feel like it. Yeah, Todd. It's not not. Th- I have a very important question for you, and mm-hmm. I have to be honest. Your chances of winning hinge almost entirely on your answer to this question. Oh, good. What controller do I use to play this game? Is it a Guitar Hero guitar? <laughs> I will tell you that it can be a Guitar Hero guitar. the The only thing that's leading me away from saying absolutely yes is you are going to need some sort of thumbstick to direct your character. Now, not for nothing, you can play with the Guitar Hero controller. We're just going to have to make a custom one that allows like your thumb on the neck to also control some directional movement. I don't want to stop you from playing the way you want to play. It's kind of like playing with the chainsaw controller. You can do it. <laughs> and there's a gimmick that makes it fun. It's not optimal, but you can do it. All right. Cool. I like that answer. Uh, it's a good thing that my Wiimote Guitar Hero guitar does have a thumbstick. Kyle. Perfect. It does. Let's move on to you. Tell me about... Uh, I, I was trying to remember the name of your game, and it was so generic Champions. I forgot. I'm so sorry. <laughs> Golden, Golden Sun, Sun Champions. Champions. That's yeah. what it was, yeah. Um, yeah, Matt. So let me first reiterate that Golden Sun has tells its story in all of the ways that you hate. You have to talk to nearly every NPC. You get your lore in little bits and pieces through these conversations. There are even moments where you have to talk to an NPC, equip uh, magic mind-reading powers, and read that NPC's mind, and then talk to them a third time to move the story ahead. There's spiky hair and belts abound. Let me... uh, let me drop some belts here in our in our show notes. Yeah, get some belts in there. That's yeah, there's some belts. Are. We got belts and we got 
some hold on i kind of dig on. this art style though that's pretty is tight. that from the sequel that character is in both but yeah it's the main mm. character of the sequel hey if you want to see the picture we're talking about you can subscribe to our patreon at the ten dollar tier patreon.com slash debate this cast boom more belts and what i love the most of this first one is not only that this character actually i can't say that this character is wearing cargo pants it looks more like cargo high socks yeah cargo leg warmers and the yeah. cargo pockets on the front <laughs> it's pretty yeah. obscure <laughs> those are cargo leg warmers yeah they've got adventure pouches cargo culottes <laughs> yeah <laughs> my shins are so prepared <laughs> all the characters graduated from the rob layfield school of design anyway matt we're gonna get rid of all of that for Golden Sun champions. While there will be lore heavy bio pages for each adept that you can like read through as you wait for your match to load or your connection to connect, most of the story is going to be revealed through animated cutscenes that release alongside special PVE challenges each month. We'll also reveal lore through general character interactions and and lines shouted out mid-game play, and most importantly, supplemental graphic novels and direct-to-streaming animes are where we're going to do most of these big lore, lore drops. Unlocking the different djinn um, and using them with different adapts will unlock new lore entries to the, the long bio pages that you can choose or choose not to read, and uh, once a character has un unlocked all of the hidden character lore, they will also unlock a series of PvE challenges that allow teams to play through some of the biggest story beats from the Golden Sun franchise. All right. I mean, look, dude, you're doing an Overwatch and I love it. So you, you get bonus points for that for sure. I have to say I did once again tune out about halfway through, but you brought <laughs> me back in at the end, which I really appreciate. I am personally a little nervous about your... PVE ID. I'm not sure how it's going to work out. It might be a little bit hard to implement, but I think that uh, we might be able to get there. So I think we'll get there, Matt. Andrew, mm -hmm. talk to me about. I can't remember the name of any of these it's games. Final Fantasy 14 colon Erase Reborn. Ah, yes, that's it. Erase Reborn. It. It's like you put the original property in front mm -hmm. and it's like it just blurs it out of my brain. Yeah, it's, your, a, it's your, just a high eyes, whining pitch that I hear. Your eyes cannot see it. Yeah. Now, as we all know, Final Fantasy 14 tells the story of the world of Eorzea. Five yeah. years. You can you can just tune out, Matt. Right, um, cool. Five five years <laughs> it's following. Just, it's just, it's just the monkey screaming. Yeah, 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 yeah. The monkey with the symbols in his I'll brain. tell you when you can come back. So as we all know, Final Fantasy tells the story of the world of Eorzea five years following the Calamity, an apocalyptic event where a massive dragon named Bahamut exploded out of the moon and vomited fire and lasers everywhere, so much so that the original version of this game literally doesn't exist. He blew up the real-life version of one, the original Final Fantasy XIV. So, Realm Reborn, which is technically ex the first expansion to the game that doesn't exist anymore, um, starts with the evil empire Garlemald is slowly marching south in their campaign of conquesting other nations. They've most recently annexed Eorzea's neighboring country, Alamigo. A faction of the Garlean army, led by a man named Gaius Van Belsar, has taken the opportunity to attempt to conquer Eorzea in its weakened, post-lasered state. 
Van Belzar is in league with an even more evilier, shadowier group of cultists who call themselves the Assians, who are secretly manipulating him from the background into helping them resurrect their god of darkness, Zodiac. You play as the Warrior of Light, a special boy blessed with special boy powers bestowed onto you by the goddess Hydaelyn, because you are the player character in this story. And you have paid the $15 subscription. You eventually fall in with a group called the Scions of the Seventh Dawn, who are a group of special anime girls and boys that hunt down these beings called primals, which are lowercase g gods that are basically just the recurring summons from the Final Fantasy series. Your Shivas, your Ifrits, your Garudas, what have you. Eventually, you and the rest of your friends face off against Van Belzar and take down his Ultima weapon, a very silly mech made of channeled energy from those lowercase g gods. Now, it should be noted that with four more expansions, there's a ton more lore, admittedly much better story in the following Heaven's Word and, and expansions about, but... If God King, Activision, Blizzard King, Microsoft has taught us anything is that the best video game stories are best experienced where gamers really want their lore told separately in drip feed videos posted on YouTube. <laughs> I'm <laughs> sensing a theme. <laughs> so Matt, you can come back in now. That's why in a race reborn, we aren't going to plague you with a single cutscene or forced dialogue. We'll reference the lore. Sure. But we'll make sure to do that in a way that won't make sense to anybody but the dozen or so sickos that watched three hours worth of five-minute animated shorts before turning on their game that is mostly just multiplayer matches. Cool. Yeah, man. Yeah. I love it. I'm into it. It's it's almost Great. like that's that's all I get as a gamer these days. And it's marketed <laughs> exactly at me. Perfect. All right. I enjoy all three of these ideas you got me there. I understand the story that we're telling. I understand the way we're going to do it. But now I need you to get into the nitty gritty for me. Folks are always shocked to hear that I don't like RPG games, Jay or otherwise. But the truth of the matter is the gameplay of these experiences just are not things I want to spend my time doing. I don't have time to remember a waypoint, customize my team's lineup, equip my party members with add-ons, and bring my crush a gift from the vending machine. I want to be able to enjoy your game in the 20 minutes I have between work calls without worrying that I may never leave a menu. So, how will you be changing the mechanics of your game to keep the spirit alive, but also make something completely different? Todd, we'll start with you. Yeah, this is going to be pretty quick and easy, Matt. I'm not going to reference the the relationship aspect because the reality is every named NPC here is someone that we all in real life would want to romanticize, so we just didn't put the option in. It's just not even there. Like, you're going to meet Stevie Nicks, you're like, well, hell yeah, Stevie Nicks, but you're like, no, Stevie Nicks is a mentor in this weird drug-fueled dream that I'm in. I cannot be romantically attracted to Stevie Nicks. Even though you are, we all are, we get it. Todd not adding a weird, horny uh, romance element into his game? I'm I'm shocked. What number episode is this? How far how far are we are we away from a, a multiple of sixty-nine? The next horny episode mm. will be that one. This is not that. It's like one twenty-four, I think. Yeah. We're getting close. <laughs> not important. So anyway, quick and easy here, Matt. So I, I had mentioned like there is a multiplayer aspect here if you want it. 
So in the original game, you can get up to 12 NPCs, which is just so many goddamn NPCs to choose from. <laughs> in this, you just start off with your full four-person party counting you. It's you, and it is your three-person crew that is nameless, faceless, does not matter, and they each have a role. One defends, one DPSs, one supports. You don't ever have to change them. They all will just adjust to your play style. The, the only change that is necessary here is that you are Chopin, and if one of your friends want to also play, like multiplayer, they too are now a Chopin, and they replace <laughs> one, of those, one of those characters. So you can have four players, four Chopins, not limited, running around, using their own play style. But again, Matt, no decisions from you, no menuing, nothing there. The original is turn-based battle. That's not it anymore. You now see a bad thing, you can go start fighting that bad thing. Next bullet point. Characters, powers, etc., equipment, all automatically level up. No action required from you. That's shitty. You had 12 yeah. party members in the first one, you had to equip them with items. Dumb. <laughs> Changing gear, not a thing. That's not a thing you ever have to worry about. Uh, quest flow. A to B to C with optional side quests if you so desire. But it's clear objectives of major missions and minor missions. So like you want to play for 20 minutes. Cool. Go do a side mission hunting the great white buffalo. You got more time. Get <laughs> <laughs> like Hold on a minute. <laughs> yeah. Uh, you got more time. OK, get crunchy and take on the next major mission into what is known as the eternal fields of strawberries. So, Matt, the the only that's a strawberry fields forever reference. The only complicated decision that you have to make is that what weapon from a named NPC do you want to use? You know, uh, you start off and you get the chain from Stevie Nicks. Do you want to use that mid range weapon? Is that the one? Cool. Uh, do you want to use the two handed guitar from Chuck Berry? OK. Do you want to use the ranged weapon that is a literal eagle you throw that you are given from the eagles? Okay, that's fine. Todd knows six rock groups. I'm about to give you seven. I love it. Somebody holding up a bird like, this is the eagle's eagle. It's you. You did a mission for a bunch of sentient eagles and one of them joined you. Are you into close range? You can use the Thunderstruck gauntlets from ACDC. You get it. It's quite literally the only decision you have to make is the play style that you want to play. And you know what? We've even thrown in the aspect where you can hotkey four of those weapons to the D-pad in the off chance that you want to play like a Devil May Cry style where you're switching weapons. But like, I don't know if that's your thing. I doubt it is. But the option's there. What I will tell you is that if you <laughs> are like playing... A develop, you're like a designer being like, it, we built this <laughs> thing, question mark. <laughs> yeah. Um, is it a bad thing? Uh, what I will tell you is if you're using your Guitar Hero controller, activating your star power by tilting it up will switch the weapon. So, like, that okay. cycles to your next weapon <laughs> if, in fact, that is your thing. I just got to drive it home. You don't ever need to open the menu if you don't want to open the menu. You never have to do that. It is clear cut where you're going next. It's clear cut what you can do next. The only time you ever need to open the menu is to pause the game because you got to take a work call. Or I guess if you manually want to change to a different weapon, but you never need to open the menu to micromanage again. And so I think <laughs> your question was like, how do we keep the original spirit of the game? It's a music themed game. With starring <laughs> Frederick Chopin. Everything else we've kind of like stripped away and changed because it's better now. 
my personal favorite thing what you were talking about was I just uh, when you were talking about like everybody gets to play a Chopin in the multiplayer yeah. mode. There is a little bit of a missed opportunity in like an entire generation of kids arguing over who gets to be Chopin. <laughs> yes. <laughs> it's it's the one who gets to play Master Chief and who has to be an yeah. elite. Yeah. 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 But I want to be Frederick Chopin. And what the no. lesser tier composers you could play as would be. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> who the yeah. Luigi what? of composers who's, are. Who's the Jaws of this, of this group? <laughs> I don't want to say there's not room for that because this is still in pre-development, but like... Mm-hmm. I do think that's really funny. You could roll into any music history program in the country and spark a weeks-long fight. Best friends would kill mm-hmm. each other over this argument topic. So, like, the original game does have, like, probably intentionally, but, like, has educational aspects in it because it talks about types of music and it uses a lot of music terminology. We are just, like, one designer choice away from being able to label this edutainment and I think we might do that because that is school funding can go to bring this game into the classroom. Uh, Andrew, to answer your question, the Jaws of Composers is John Cage. John Cage is the Jaws okay. of Composers. I am HL. Um, all right, Kyle. Sure. On to you. Tell me how exactly we are going to play this game that definitely isn't Overwatch. I never said it definitely isn't Overwatch, Matt. I think I've I think I've drawn my lines very clearly here. Um, Kyle didn't so, make a game; he made a skins pack. Yeah. Um, so first, Matt, we are going to keep the the general like RPG party comp and line it up with your general like team based multiplayer online shooter party comp. In that, like each of the four elements and adepts you can play as are going to be associated to different roles. So if you want to play DPS, for example, you would pick a Mars or Jupiter-aligned character. Tanks will be Venus or Jupiter-aligned. Healing support will fall under Mercury or Venus. And maps or more tactical support will fall under Mars or Mercury-aligned adepts. Like in Overwatch, you have your characters that are tanks, DPS, whatever. We yeah, same, I'm with you. I get same it. thing here. The real this is pod racing moment happens though after players unlock their first few Jin through our free to play Gachapon esque loot system. As players earn Jin, they will be able to assign them to their favorite characters to enhance or in some cases completely change that character's move set. So all of your characters are going to have your kind of your heavy attack, your light attack, your, you know, special character trait, whether that's like a shield type effect for a tank or a damage multiplier for DPS. Each character is going to have that. And as we map different Jin onto these characters, you will be able you will add or change what those effects do. And Matt, I know you don't want to menu a lot. Don't worry. You are going to be able to save and load different build outs so you can just pick your favorite build outs and jump right into a game, no menuing required when you're in a rush. So a Venus adept with a few Venus Jin assigned to them may notice that their moveset is stronger and perhaps even see some like, you know, their rock wall will have rock spikes shoot out of it. Or, you know, their giant boulder attack will be a bigger, better boulder. Things like that. However, if we say take that same Venus adept and equip to them a Jupiter and Mercury Jin, they may notice that their, you know, earthen strength that 
makes them resistant to damage, has become a Tempest Wall that shields their teammates and provides some AoE healing. Things like that. You swap out that Mercury Jin for a Mars Jin, maybe that AoE healing becomes a Sandstorm that does AoE damage to nearby enemies. Different things like that. I want to jump here real quick. I think Kyle accidentally invented Genshin Impact. Did I accidentally invent <laughs> this Genshin I'm pretty Impact? Sure, I'm pretty sure you accidentally invented Genshin Impact. I don't know enough about Genshin Impact to confirm or deny. No one knows yeah. enough about Genshin that Impact. That sounds right, but I don't know enough about Genshin <laughs> Impact to, to argue with you. So each adapt, each character is going to react to different combinations of Jin differently. With four adepts, four slots for a shining the 28 available Jin, there are over 65,000 combinations of potential buildouts you can load to customize your character. And Matt, I promise that will be the only menuing involved in the game. And again, you'll be able to save these buildouts. So once you have one you you like, you will not have to menu at all to jump into a game. I mean, giving me the option to lock it in is good. I like that for sure. I, I love the concept of being able to customize my experience one time and then never needing to do it again. <laughs> it's like when I changed my controls on Smash Brothers so my C-Stick did a tilt attack and I didn't have to ever do that a second time. I love that a lot. Anyway, looking out for you, Matt. That was a really specific reference just mm -hmm. for me, I guess. <laughs> Andrew, on to you. Tell me about the gameplay mechanics of your game. Yeah, it's simple. Final Fantasy XIV, A Race Reborn, it's a kart racer. It's a kart racer in the style of Diddy Kong Racing, Crash Team Racing, and Mario Kart before it. Um, except this is still a massively multiplayer online experience. I want to be abundantly clear. So, Matt, when you first log into the game, you're going to pick from among a series of classic Final Fantasy jobs. You got Black Mage, you've got Ninja, Paladin, Warrior, you know, all of those things. Now, this won't tie you down with a laundry list of skills and abilities or, you know, have to lock you into some like very fucky rotations, you know, rotations of the MMO thing. <laughs> Rather, <clears throat> your class will determine your cart's acceleration top speed, weight, and handling. So it's basically like, do you pick Wario or Toad or Koopa, right? It's the idea. Cool. The glass cannon, Black Mage, for example, it's going to accelerate fast, but you're going to get knocked around by other racers, while the big tanky warrior will uh, handle like a truck, but it's going to have a much higher top speed. So based on your class, you're going to start in one of three hub zones, the island nation of Limsa Lamensa, the desert city of Ulda or the forest village of Gridania, which are the three starting hubs in the actual game. There, you can access the newbie races called the Chocobo Cup. Get enough first to third place trophies to increase your level high enough to qualify for a boss race. And this is where we introduce these kind of one-time asynchronized races against these primals that are NPCs. So you, you race against Titan, you race against Garuda, you race against Shiva, Ifrit. And each one is going to unlock a new cup. And that's your major gameplay loop. Compete in races, place, and move up in the ranks into higher and higher cups. The higher the cup that you're at, the higher your uh, personal tier is. So you're at the Chocobo tier, that's baby tier, that's quick play tier. After you get into more and more cups, then you're starting to get into competitive. And you're starting to rank uh, against other players. Now, when the first the game first releases, we're going to have just the base set of classes. But 
as time goes on, we're going to introduce more and more jobs like Dark Knight, Blue Mage, Dancer. All of these are going to be offered through the seasonal ATB or Active Time Battle Pass. Oh, <laughs> Jesus man. There Christ. You know, in that Active Time Battle Pass, you'll get other things. You'll get, you know, EXP for your character. You can level up. You'll get other kind of like daily missions, daily challenges, weekly challenges, you know, throw five uh, oil slicks or whatever, you know, that kind of thing. Um, but you'll also unlock different skins for your characters. And this is where the lore really comes in. For example, if you race as a white mage, you could unlock the Amdapuri skin, which goes back to the War of the Magi in the Sixth Umbral Era. You won't know what the fuck Amdapuri means or the, Sixth, or, the, or the War of the Magi unless you go and look that up. And you certainly can, but you got a cool six skin. So there you go. <laughs> Yeah, man, I am into the idea of an online kart racer. I don't know if Mario Kart 8 had like a big online scene. I'm sure it did mm-hmm. that I just didn't participate in. It kind of does, but it's like anything with Switch first party. Yeah. Just oh, like, it's uh, just super bad. Yeah. It's not yeah. good. Because yeah. I know that there's I, I know that there's like serious competitive racing games, like your Gran Turismo's mm-hmm. and that sort of thing. But this idea of like not a racing game, but a kart racer with yeah. with an online ranked ladder is very fun to me. Cool. All right, guys, look, you did it. You took a game that was not for me and you made it into a game for me. And that's pretty cool. And I appreciate it. But it is time for a super secret bonus question. And the reality is it's a game that's not just for me. It turns out it was also a game for JRPG Ultra Weeb himself, Masahiro Sakurai. And he has decided that your protagonist also deserves an invitation to join the Super Smash Brothers series. So what moves or features from your game can Nintendo include into the Smash moveset to let players know that this is the version of the character from the new baby game for babies and not the original RPG. I will take your answers right after this. Like everybody has the stereotypical on what a black geek is. Are you familiar with the term blur? Blur, no. Some people said it came off of scrubs. Some people said it came off the internet. I don't honestly really know. Ah, don't you see the skin? The eyebrows, the hair. Yo, Mike Geek still rock, you know what I'm saying, Dunks or, or Jordans or whatever. Did I do that? It's, it's exciting. It's like, holy, oh my dog is going to start barking. Um, <laughs> it's all right. <laughs> she's excited about it, too. Um, and uh, same as you said, like the barbershop talk, like we would go into really in-depth conversations about these theories and like, well, what if and how come? It's not unusual to be Right. But we we talk about anime, video games, comic books and stuff like that. But when you hear us talk about it, the passion sounds like we arguing Jordan and Braun. Hey, what, what, what does that even mean? Hey, what does that even mean? Like it sounds like barbershop talk. It's because you don't know the history. Don't mean that <laughs> <laughs> Broke that down right there. <laughs> <laughs> but 
when you see the black geek, you don't see that. You see the socially awkward glasses. Well, this is me. And that's not a lot of us. A lot of us do sound and talk like us. You know what I'm saying? It's because it becomes stereotypical, as if that's where our strength comes from. I, I don't know the geek that you talk that you that you talked about before. I know the geek you're talking about right now, though. It, it was sort of a call sign so we could find each other on message boards. Anime gives you life lessons throughout that whole thing. Like, there's not one anime that I know of that doesn't teach you to never give up. It's just like, I just love seeing us go into the world and go into these different spaces and create things that weren't there before. And then it was like, Miles Morales is like the normal, you know, black person in the United States. That was my first, like, blurred moment was seeing, you know, Storm on the X-Men cartoon series. And I was like, wow, that's a black woman and she's strong, she's powerful. That's what I want for us. I want us to be that voice, voice. All right, we are back, and I am excited to hear how we are going to mesh your new baby version of a RPG protagonist into one of my favorite games of all time, Super Smash Brothers. So, Todd, let's start with you. How are we going to get Friedrich Chopin and Smash? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no, this is this is it, it's easy. So, in the original game, Friedrich Chopin's weapon was a conducting baton. That was what he did. Well, newsflash, this Smash Chopin ain't your great, great, great granddaddy Chopin. This is <laughs> this is a new one right now. And so this one is bringing a highlighted list of the weapons from the main game. So this Chopin is bringing the chain, bringing the good guitar of Johnny B, a literal eagle. Uh, it's also bringing a pair of sex pistols. So the thing is that, like, <laughs> hitting down in B will let you switch your weapons. Just like, I don't know, man. Insert any number of the characters that do that gimmick now, because like, it used to be one or two, and now I feel like it's, it's way a more. Lot. It's been yeah, a lot. It's a lot. The new DLC yeah. ones, yeah. Yeah, and so so your special attacks and your basic A attacks are going to depend or change depending on which weapon you have switched to. Your up and B is always going to be an upward burst straight into the air but like behind you you leave a blast of sheet music and tuberculosis in your wake um, because those are <laughs> things that were famous then in the 1800s neutral b will still allow him to use that conducting baton that was famous in the original which will be like a fun throwback for people that played the original source bad game that people didn't like but it like swirls around really, really fast, like Meta Knight's neutral B, where he goes, <laughs> only instead, uh, while Chopin does it, there's going to be like quick wisps of string music that play that kind of like pull people in nearby uh, in a big fury. And then it like throws the enemies back when he's done with that, like, again, that neutral B move. Now let's talk about his ultimate. So every good reveal shows the ultimate in some cinematic fashion. And so I'm going to say a sentence here. When Frederick Chopin has grabbed a smash ball, he starts to glow all, all rainbow and, and, you know, illuminescent. And then he, like, pulls out his conducting wand and waves it around and points up into the sky. And a cinematic happens where a huge Led Zeppelin crashes into the stage, <laughs> throwing everyone all aside. And I think he, like, looks over his shoulders and, like, spins his his conducting baton and, like, stuffs it back into, like, a holster that he has and does kind of a Falco, hmm, 
at the end of it. <laughs> and that is why we need Frederick Chopin for Smash. Another sentence that I, Todd Thomas, have said today that did not exist before a minute ago. And it's true. That's the first time anybody <laughs> in the world has said those words in that order. <laughs> yeah, I'm glad that you use this answer to name all six classic rock bands that you know, Todd. That was really awesome. Good that was job. really good. Spoiler alert, I have a tab open. <laughs> oh, God. And I, I kind of figured that because nobody just, like, talks about the Eagles. Oh, I was going to say that for the Sex Pistols. Like, no, I was going to say that for too. the Sex Pistols. Yeah. Because yeah. Yeah. Mm. Yeah. Mm. You, you could have said he has like a gun and a rose, but you were like, no, the Sex Pistols, a much more no, that popular was, band. Mm-hmm. Now, look behind the scene. Guns and Roses was on the short list. And I was like, but Sex Pistols. Yeah, right. Sex fine. Pistols. Yeah. Anyway, Kyle, how are we going to get one of the Golden Sun champions into Smash? Yeah, Matt. So I'm glad you asked because actually fans of the series have been clamoring for a Golden Sun inclusion in the Super Smash Bros. franchise since the Brawl spoilers began. Um, that was the first Super Smash series after that came out after the release of Golden Sun and Golden Sun The Lost Age. Um, and fans have been clamoring to have Isaac, kind of the main character from the first game, as a playable character in the series since then. And here are my ideas for that character. So an important kind of early overworld synergy you use in Golden Sun is the push synergy move where you summon, you don't summon. You like Green Lantern, a big hand, right? Yeah, you Green Mm -hmm. Lantern, a big hand. So that is going to be our over B attack as well as um, our grab mechanic is going to be that that kind of Green Lantern-esque hand. Your standard B move will be a a rock projectile. Uh, maybe it will crawl along the ground. Maybe it will trap them in the ground like Donkey Kong's down B, something like that. Um, the up B will be a, a rock platform of sorts where you summon a rock platform that you can latch onto and jump from resetting your jump. So it'll actually be a very aerial character. The link to our Jin loadout mechanic from... Golden Sun Champions, I had to like not say Apex Legends because that's where my brain is going with that title, will be the down B move will summon a random Jin similar to Olimar pulling Pikmin out of the ground. You will be able to have four Jin loaded at a time, and depending on the composition of those random Jin, you will add different effects to your B attacks and your A attacks. Your A attacks will be, you know, be enhanced by the effects of these Jin. The ultimate then, Matt, when you grab that smash ball, your Jin counter will fill up if it is not full already, and we will tap into a piece of the game mechanics that I have not talked about yet, summons. You can use the Jin <laughs> to summon um, different missiles. Tell a lot about this. <laughs> I, I have. And those summons will be different, have a different kind of big AOE effect on the battlefield depending on what random assortment of Jin are in that Jin loader. It will be an amazing character. Everyone will love it. It's totally not a Fire Emblem sword fighter, but it also isn't not a Fire Emblem sword fighter. So, Kyle, I don't know if you intended to link this, but I, I see here you've you sent us your Tumblr post that's just called Put Isaac in Smash. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and it's, it's just a, a seven-page treatise on 
why golden sunk should be represented uh, did you mean to link this in the in the notes here um i will be <laughs> sending this to everyone on our email list and expecting your Great donations perfect. um to yeah. the cause yes well matt mm-hmm. has an uncle that works at nintendo so. oh good yeah, yeah, yeah. I'll, I'll pass it along to him yeah good yeah all right andrew how are we gonna get your kart racer into super smash brothers look man every smash brothers announcement somebody's upset right somebody's always upset about smash brothers and i feel like even for those ones where we get the characters it's like it's just a character in smash like they're just doing the same thing like banjo kazooie like the most hype thing about banjo kazooie was the announcement but it was like it's just bitch it's just like a different it's just a different version of smash right. and i and i i kind of like have enjoyed from the sidelines just like watching people get upset uh, about smash characters because again it's like it's just smash characters I think the thing that people get the most upset about are the Fire Emblem characters and the sort, you know, the the generic, quote unquote, generic uh, anime sword boys. Are there more of them now? Did they, did they give us another one? I don't, I don't know. Well, I mean, the last one is Sora from Kingdom Hearts, so oh, which is right. an anime sword boy, which is a so. different version of an anime mm-hmm. sword boy. So I kind of want to take this and flip it to make the anime sword boy people's really upset <laughs> knowing that like myself, I count myself among that was those ranks. Right. So I don't need, feel like I need another final fantasy character in smash. I already have cloud and Sephiroth. Like that's plenty. So I like the idea of like being like, all right, guys, we're going to bring fan favorite Ishtola, which is a character from final fantasy 14. She's like the most popular NPC character. We're going to bring Ishtola in to fi- to smash, but like, She's only going to be driving a go kart. <laughs> so, like, she's not going to like reference any of her like cool black mage abilities or any of her like cool, like, there's not going to be like any characterization. It's going to be just it's like be a Bowser Jr. clone. Yeah, it's just, it's just the Bowser Jr. clone. You're just, you're just controlling the fucking go kart. And like, so much so that like the ultimate is not like, we're not like bringing Bahamut in and we're not like doing any of the cool like, limit breaks that you get in the game not just like a bunch of kart racers like kind of like it's just a version of captain falcon's ultimate oh my god yeah that's really special i think that's the direction i'm going with this wow and that's that's my answer so just, yeah. just a go-kart i was gonna <laughs> say at go-kart. the end of all this like i as somebody who's played smash for a long time Thinking of Isaac from Golden Sun coming to Smash, but it not being the Golden Sun version of Isaac is really mm-hmm. funny. The only thing funnier than that is including a Final Fantasy character that doesn't get out of mm-hmm. a go-kart. That's hilarious. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, I have a decision to make. Not the execs, not some game studio, just me. And before I do, I would love it if you could wrap it all up with a bow in a closing statement. So, Todd, round us out here. Give me the closing statement for your game for me. Yeah, I think this game is actually pretty rad. Uh, the more I talk about it, the more I want to play this game that doesn't require any <laughs> menuings. But but here's what I would tell you is that uh, should you green light this created in a lab just for Matt video game, the Ballad colon Immortus will be dropping a season one battle pass that is free. We want to get people locked in on how good the battle pass is. So the first one's free because everyone knows the first taste is free. First taste is always free. First taste is free. And it will be offering three more main character adventures dropped in. And so what I would tell you is that my closing statement here is that by green lighting this, you can look forward to venturing into the underground caverns of Velvet. Uh, you'll look forward to dealing with the the heartbreaking story of Petty Tom and 
lastly, your main character will have to deal with the trial of the Rolling Stones. And so I do think <laughs> that was actually pretty good, good honestly. Yeah, that's that kind of yeah. good. All right, Kyle, closing statement. Yeah, Matt, again, we made an Overwatch like an Overwatch like with custom build outs that you can preload and and run if you don't want to think of it. I also want to add that we also have plans for a sequel or DLC or additional rollout content, however you want to choose it. Um, we have four more add-ups to add from Go the sequel, Golden Sun, The Lost Age, as well as a number of additional gin to add, taking that total up to 72, getting the total potential combinations of effects and movesets you could have to about a quarter of a million potential combinations God. that you can ignore completely and ram jam for <laughs> Venus Jin onto your, onto your <laughs> Venus adept and not ever think about if that's how you want to play the game. Excellent. Andrew, finish us out. Matt, I want to be abundantly clear here. This is a kart racer. Forza 5, this is not. Much like just with Mario Kart, like there's not a tier list. There's not a meta, right? Because at any point, you can just get a blue shell and go from worst to first. <laughs> so this game is going to just be all about pretty much fucking up other people's rankings. And for that alone, I think that that's worth a consideration. All of the things that you have said are true, <laughs> and I'm going to go off and make my decision. Why don't you guys give each other some good vibes? Man, this has been great. Um, <laughs> it kind of has been. Kyle, Andrew nailed it when he had said, like, the Tumblr post of all the <laughs> Isaac-specific moves. I, at one point, was that hopeless. Maybe they'll put my favorite mm -hmm. character into Smash Bros. And I think with me and all the Geno acolytes out there, alongside of us were Isaac acolytes, people that would post you know, GIF animations mm -hmm. and drawings of how Isaac was going to be put into Smash. And so I'm always here to listen to to talk of Golden Sun. Doesn't happen a lot, but again, it strikes me as another a JRPG that I would have enjoyed and I never played and I never will. And so it was a lot of fun getting to hear you talk about it's it. It's on Switch Online. It's on the GBA now, Switch Online. Now, is it really there? Or are you lying to me like Andrew did about Chrono Trigger? I, it's really there. I'm not lying to you. Okay, it is really there. Yeah, That's good. Andrew. There, I, I'm going to just echo what, what Matt said, I think. There's something so good about taking Final Fantasy and shoving that <laughs> into a kart racer. And, like, yeah. what you did was you did take a property that Matt would hate and turn it into something that Matt would enjoy. But more specifically, you took a beloved property that so many would enjoy and you made them hate it. Myself included. Yeah, there's just something so special that if this game would ever come to fruition... There would be so many like Final Fantasy purists that would buy it and hate every single ounce of it. Yeah. If that's not what we're really here to do on this podcast, take things that people love and make them hate them, then I don't yeah. know what all this has been for. Yeah, it, it is pure. Um, we did a thing today that we all came in here with bits. I don't know how it happened, but we all created games that like honestly sound awesome. I'd play all these games. <laughs> I would also I would play too. all these games. Yeah. I would play all three of these games. And maybe the thing that we're learning today is maybe we're just as tired as Matt is. Mm. <laughs> you know? Like maybe we're also kind of the villains in this story. So let's start from the top. Todd, your gauntlet style four player action adventure that features like the history of classic rock is objectively great. <laughs> it's objectively yeah. great. 
It was really, it's really fun. And I love all those like weird references. And I love the idea of getting a physical, the chain that can never be broken. Yeah. It's just really fun and stupid. Keeps us together. Yeah. Um, Kyle, you made Genshin Impact with, <laughs> with, with, uh, with uh, Golden, Golden Sun. Sun. With Golden Sun. Two properties, you know, a property that I have a lot of fondness for and another property that I have less fondness for, but I have uh, a very like, it scratches a very particular itch that I have to try and avoid all the time, uh, all the time, always. So I would definitely play both of these games. And and I also like, I made my thing as a bit and I also want to play my thing. <laughs> so <laughs> here we are. Yeah, Todd, I love Brutal Legend, but as Streets of, F- of Fury, um, I love just cramming as many like musical lyric and band name puns into a property as humanly possible until we reach a critical mass of puns. Um, love it. I wouldn't, again, like Andrew said, I want to play this game. I want to play this game with the four of us mm-hmm. uh, manning manning different characters in that. All, all of us in that Streets of together. Rage yeah. beat them up. Yes. And Andrew, I would not be surprised if Square Enix has somewhere in their development room a like red book in a breaking case of emergency like glass container that is Final Fantasy Kart Racer. Because... Yeah, Squeenix would sell out would would sell out their property like that. They would absolutely make a Final Fantasy, but kart racer. I mean, let's be honest, they have, but like not. They have several times in Chocobo Racing, but yeah, but it's not the same. But it's not kart same. racer, yeah. And again, absolutely would play that. I'm fascinated by the idea of a multiple, an MMO kart racer, if you will. <laughs> um, and I want to play that so bad. Kyle, I'm sorry I skipped you. I just realized I skipped you. Life goes on. The editing magic. On. The audience will never know. Well, guys, I'm I'm back and I'm back to make a decision. But first, let me give my good vibes. Excellent job. And I have had a blast here today. You have all created games that I would very much play and would very much enjoy. Uh, and I also have just enjoyed being seen for an episode. It's, it's nice to feel <laughs> like everybody gets me every once in a while. So without further ado, I have some some decisions to make. And my first decision is actually going to just be my last decision. Fuck it. I'm just going to say who I think wins. Here's the thing, you guys. Two of you made a game that I can already play. I appreciate it. But I have Overwatch and I have Mario Kart. And quite frankly, I don't need another one. Todd, on the other hand. Eternal Sonata. There's something really fun to me about a quarter eating arcade cabinet where I get to travel through time and play a Chopin meeting other rock bands. And whether it is in an arcade cabinet or on a home console or on a PC, if it's simple enough to be on an arcade cabinet, it's simple enough for me, baby. And I'm into it. You are the winner here today. Absolutely terrific job. I will be playing whether we call it Friedrich Chopin Time Cop or the ballad <laughs> Amortis, whatever you name it. Well, I'm all Friedrich the way to Chopin hell Time Cop is a rail shooter, so we we can't. Oh, I don't have fuck that one finished yeah, yet. dude! That's why. <laughs> why didn't you guys bring a rail shooter? Today? <laughs> oh man! All right. Well, while I go spend 15 minutes in the bathroom thinking about a music-based rail shooter, I'm gonna say thanks for listening to debate this. You can follow along with the arguments on Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram at debate this cast or on our website at debatethiscast.com. Merch! We have that! 
Right now, you can go on the internet and order things that say debate this on them. All you need to do is head to our Redbubble page and give us your money. Does our Redbubble page have a cool and easy URL for us to read in an audio ad? No, but you can find it with relative ease by going to www.debatethiscast.com and visiting the support the show page. Until next time, I'm Matt Cole. I'm Todd. We should have known that we would not like Cassidy's grenade, but only sometimes when we choose to like it when they named it Hinder Thomas. <laughs> I'm Kyle, the post credit scene from the end of Ant-Man Quantumania, but it's a bunch of Frederick Chopin's yelling at each other. Harper. <laughs> and I'm Andrew. It's your cousin, Ron, Ron Henley. <laughs> You know, you know that sleepy, forgettable guitar style you've been looking for. Well, listen to this, Henderson, and, the, and then the solo from Hotel California. Please. <laughs> <laughs> and we're saying thanks for debating with us. And if you think we're wrong, you can come fight us behind the swing sets, nerds. Ooh.